Today, I'd like to, uh, this morning, this morning, uh, earlier, talking about the spirit. With the spirit, you see, uh, we worship God. In the spirit, we pray to God. Uh, God says we're spirit, soul, and body. And today, I'd like to talk a little bit about your soul. I'm going to ask you a question. Does your soul ever grieve? Does your soul ever get angry? Is it possible for your soul to hate? Is it possible for your soul to be troubled? The answer to that question, those questions is, yes, absolutely. You see, we're spirit, soul, and body. And what happens is, your, your flesh reflects what's in your soul. And your soul is a reflection of your spirit and your time with God. As a pastor, one of the most important things in my life, in my pastor for 30 years or so, uh, was that our people love one another. What's more important than that? Well, we talked about what's more important than that this morning. But that's not going to happen. We're not going to have this great love for one for another, not just mouthing it, but doing something about it. If, we're not, if we don't have this time with God. Talk about the soul today. I, if you want to mention or, or name a, a message, we'll call it the fat soul. Fat soul. Yeah. Listen. Listen. It's impossible to love you without having a soul that's fat. Fat from being with God. How can, how can I not be offended? All those that love thy law, nothing shall offend you. How is that possible? It's possible because of the soul. If you have a hate problem, it's not in your flesh, really. Your flesh is just doing what your soul is feeling. David said, oh, my soul. Let's look, look in Psalm 16. Let's start there. and We'll end there today. Psalm 16. It's, it's a very difficult uh, thing to get, maybe. We don't think much about it. We talk uh, much about the soul. We hear people say, oh, bless his soul. Oh, my soul. Oh, that poor soul. Confession is good for the soul. Search your soul. I promise I won't tell a soul. Life and soul of the party. He's a wise old soul, not a living soul in sight. He sold his soul to the devil, bare his own soul. He poured out his soul to me. My soul brother, my soul mate, my soul sister. Oh, he's a good soul. There's soul food and soul music. We sing out of a hymn book called Soul Stirring Hymns. The funeral we hear, oh, God rest his soul. But what is that thing that's in us. That soul is the, uh, it's the seat of your affections. It's the actuator of the body, if you will. Uh, it's the intelligence. It's your feeling. Well, listen, when, 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 when couples get married in my church, I tell them there's three marriages happening right now. There's a spirit, two spirits. There's two souls. And there's two bodies. And if you concentrate on that spirit and that soul, well, then the body thing works out great. Psalm 16, Psalm 16, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Okay. Verse 2. Oh, my soul. David talks a lot <laughs> to himself about his soul. I'll get back, but he, he says in Psalm 42, why 
art thou cast down? So your soul can be cast down, right? Why art thou cast down, O oh my soul? Now listen, listen. When your soul is cast down, where is that reflected? You can't see my soul, but you can see my flesh. So if my soul is disquieted, if my soul is cast down, if my soul is discouraged, it shows up right here. In your body, in your face, in your voice, in your words. Why art thou cast down, David would say to himself, oh, my soul. He wouldn't say, why art thou cast down, my flesh? Why art, why art thou crying, my flesh? No. Why art thou cast down? Why art thou disquieted? He struggled with his soul, being disquieted. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. You know how you bless God? With your soul. You can't bless him with your flesh. When your flesh blesses God by singing the specials, by doing good things, it's a reflection of what's in your soul, for sure. Bless the Lord and all his works and all places and dominion. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. You, you bless him with your soul. It's reflected in your flesh. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. David's constantly talking about it. Talking to himself, talking to his soul. Why? Why art thou disquieted within me? Okay, Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. So, okay, my soul has said, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. Now, what does that mean? That means my good works on this earth, God, it's not going to help God. God doesn't need me, like the preacher has said. God doesn't, uh, when I do good for my neighbor, or I'm, uh, I'm blessing somebody, that's good. But it says, my goodness extendeth not to thee. He doesn't need me to do those things. But watch. This is the test of a church. This is the test of God's place. This is the test if this is a soul church. Watch, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth right now. I say, I said many times over and over through the years, what good is the Bible? What good is my faith? What good is my church if I don't, if I, if I can't live by it? Listen, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. My delight on the earth is the saints. My joy in the earth is doing good for the saints. Not talking about it, uh, not watching other people do it, but doing it. That's my joy. That's my delight. And that is how you tell about a church. When someone walks into a church and all you feel is hate... Or all you feel is a uh, bitterness in this section, and that's like the Corinthian church. That's a problem. I'm getting out of there. But when you get to a church, and this guy loves that girl, and that girl. Listen, when I got saved, there was nobody like me in the church. They were all neat and clean. And I thought they were all wonderful, the best people on the earth that never sinned in their life. Little did I know at that time. That I was wrong about that. But I wanted, I got saved and I wanted to be with God's people. Do what God's people do. Sing with God's people. Rejoice with God's people. And all I wanted to do is bless God's people. That is a good church. 
You can have all the things, all the ducks in a row, as they say, and be a wonderful place and have all the programs and all the classes and all that's good. The deacons and the ushers and the choir and the choir leader and everything you have. Wonderful. We need that. But if there's not a genuine love for one another proven by what you do for each other, it's out. What good is it? What's the purpose? What's the use in it? That's a church. That's needful. You want to get one step closer? You've got to have a delight in God's people. That charity in 1 Corinthians 13, that is number one. And without it, what are we? We're just making noise. I wouldn't put up with it, John, in my church. People are, this guy is hating on this guy. No way. I'm not having it. I'd, have, I'd bring him in the office. Say, look at bro. Your kids don't talk to your kids. Your wife won't talk to this wife. That has got to stop. I don't want to lord over the people, but I know what God says about it. And I am not going to have hating one another in the church house. How can you go forward? How can you call yourself a church? It is a proof of salvation, which you'll see in the Bible today, of uh, uh, God's goodness, God's grace, God working in your life, in your soul. My soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. You know what all the, all the good things we do and all the good things we show, that's, that's something, okay, we are, we're a church and we have this and we have that. That goodness, okay, it's fine. Fine. But my delight is in God's people. My goodness extendeth to the saints in the earth. That, my friends, that, my friends, is where it's at. That body, that body of ours, <laughs> it's where sin reigns. God says it, and it dwells no good thing. It's enmity against God. Or make no provision for it. In this flesh alone, you cannot please God. It's sensual, lustful. Therefore, we have no confidence in the flesh. It is to be just a tool. This flesh without the soul is nothing. We say we have a flesh problem. Okay. But it is a direct result of a soul problem. Someone comes and says, I can't forgive them. Well, okay. You have a soul problem. My goodness extendeth not to God, but to the saints that are in the earth. I'll show you. I'll show you in the Bible. That, that soul in the Bible, it says it can swear. It can be unclean. It can be ignored by God. With it, we make our vows. Uh, the Bible says it can be distressed, depressed, anxious, worried, fretting. It grieves. It can be selfish. It can be vexed. <clears throat> there are thirsty souls, souls that are empty and souls that are filled. There are souls that desire good and souls that desire bad. Uh, with the soul, we ponder the things of God. Souls that hunger after God and souls that are never satisfied. Souls that are afflicted, souls that love and souls that hate. Souls that delight in good and souls that delight in evil. Souls that obey God and souls that go against and transgress against God. Souls that enjoy the good of their labor. Souls that be satisfied and contented, unsatisfied and complaining. Souls that worship. Souls that are kept. Souls that are guarded. Souls that want nothing to do with God. Is that true? That's true. I I, I ask you today, how is, after 45 years, what is the collective soul like in this house? That's my question. The collective soul, it's made up of individual souls. I always told my church, I can tell when, you know, the church is... Having their time with God and loving each other because the worship is incredible. 
It's a, there's a cumulative effect with you and you and you and you and you and you having your time with God and loving the brethren. Job said this, I will complain in the bitterness of my what? Soul. If you're bitter, you have a soul problem. Yeah, Job said, uh, was not my soul grieved? When, you, when you're at a funeral and you're grieving and you're crying and you're sad face, you're, you, you, you're looking down, it's a reflection of a grieving soul. Your flesh is a reflection of your soul. That's heavy. The soul abhorreth, it says in Psalm 107. It says the soul is melted because of trouble. Your soul ever melt because of trouble? Psalm 107 verse 26. Your soul is troubled, it melts. How do you know it's melting? You can tell by what you're doing. Your flesh reacts to the soul. My soul is sore vexed, it says in the Bible. Psalm 25, uh, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. We're bragging on the Lord. Your mouth is bragging on the Lord. You're using your body to boast on the Lord. It's because your soul is doing that. And that's how your soul does that, through your flesh. That's heavy. Tonight I'm going to talk about that flesh. I'll take one step closer. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. Like I say, there's joyful souls and sad souls. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I appear before God? Is your soul thirsting for the living God? Uh, why art thou cast down on my soul, we read. I, I, say, I say this morning, let's, let's, get, let's get down to it. Let's get down to walking closer. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the fl- faith. Prove your own selves. No, ye, not that. Your own selves, how that Jesus is in you, except you be reprobates or falling off, failing when tested, not abiding. What shape? Let's, let's, let's evaluate our church. Evaluate ourselves, evaluate the church. Healthy or sick? Peaceful or at war? Quiet or noisy? Joyful or sad? Clean or dirty? Worry free or anxious? Contented or complaining? Humble or proud? Loving or hateful, pure or polluted, patient or impatient, restful or sleepless, faithful or not, forgiving or not, worshiping or not, spiritual or not. Does the church have a fat soul? I'm going to tell you how you know. I'm going to read to you how you know. It says in Jeremiah, I will satiate the soul of the priests with what? Fatness. <laughs> And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. That's a fat soul. Those that are satisfied with God's goodness, set the Lord, satisfied to the full. Psalm 36 says, they shall be abundantly satisfied with what? Fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Do you drink of the rivers of thy pleasures? You become a fat soul. And what that guy says to you or what that lady does not say to you, it's not going to bother you because you have a fat soul. (laughs) Psalm 63 says, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and what? Fatness. A fat soul is satisfied. And my mouth shall praise thee. Okay, see, you have a fat soul. What happens to the flesh? What happens to the mouth? It praises God. My, listen, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth that mouth's going to follow the soul, shall praise thee with joyful lips. And if your soul is not satisfied, if your soul is not contented, if your soul is complaining, your mouth is going to follow your soul. Wow. 
Thou crownest the year with goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Thank you, Lord. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Listen. Listen to this jewel, to this diamond in Isaiah. And your soul shall delight in fatness. Fatso. <laughs> Are you a fatso? Fatso. Let's get that straight. Are you a skinny soul? Are you a lean flesh? Now, can I just say, most of us can use a few pounds. Soul pounds. How do we do that? Well, we learned this morning how we do that. Sitting at the Lord's table. Eating with the Lord. All you can eat. Now, myself, I stay away from the all you can eat restaurants. You know why? Because I eat all I can eat. Go back for the ham. Go back for the chicken. Go back for the beef. Go back for the this. Go back for the that. Oh, one more slice of prime rib. So you can't even hold it in. You want to throw up. But you know what? There's always room to go back to the ice cream server. (laughs) Fill that bowl. You know what that is, really? That's not even ice cream. Did you know that? It's plastic. It's plastic. But I'm going to shove it down there. You know why? I'm going to get my money's worth, bro. Oh, yeah. That's how we're wired. That's how we built. So you know what? I told my wife, no more all you can eat. Although she'd go in. She don't do that. She takes a little piece of this, a little piece of that. And I said, aren't you going to get your money's worth? Come on, I'm paying for this. She's much more self-control. She's got much more self-control than I do, for sure. There's no such thing as an overweight soul. Hell yeah. There's no such thing as diet when it comes to soul. Although some of us may be on a diet, a soul diet. I mean, you never pray, you don't read your Bible, you're on a diet. Soul diet. It's funny, America, we spend so much time trying to lose weight, money, time, and then we eat as much as we can. Wouldn't it be amazing, I'm thinking, if America was as passionate about the things of God in their soul as they are about food? You talk about revival. If America was concerned as much for the soul and the spirit as they are feeding the flesh, oh, this world would be turned upside down. If our soul's desire matched the desire for food, our flesh for food, watch out. Listen, man, you know we're out of control with the food thing. I'm going to shock you right now. Shocking. You have to look it up on the Google. But there is a network on TV called Food. <laughs> Listen, when I lived home as a teenager, if I told my dad I was watching the Food Network, he'd slap me. He'd go, what are you? A what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dad, I'm, I'm watching a show called Worst Cooks in America. I'm watching a show called America's Best Cooks. I'm watching a show called Hell's Kitchen. What? 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 Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Dad. I'm watching uh, uh, baking and barbecuing. Uh, what and why is and where is the baking and barbecuing? 
I'm watching grocery games and diners, drivers and dives. I'm watching Chopped with Ted Allen. And I'm watching a really famous show with Rachel Ray. When Rachel Ray comes on the TV, you turn down the hearing aids, big time. I can't take it. I can't take it. Listen, listen here. Do you know Food Network has hundreds and hundreds of programs? Millions and millions of viewers, just like you and just like me. I, 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 <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, you wonder why we're messed up. I, I went to one page, hundreds and hundreds of them. We have this on one page. Food feuds, food fight, food finds, food fortunes, food network challenge, food network challenge finds, food network obsessed, food network specials, food network star, food network star kids, food paradise, food truck face off, food truck fan fight, food fuck. <laughs> Food Truck Nation, Food Truck Rehab, Food Nation with Bobby Flay, Foodie Call with Justin Warner, Foodie That Food, Follow That Food, Food food 9-11, Food Boats, Food Court Wars, Food Debate, Food Detectives, Food Fantasy, and on and on and on it goes. We're fooded out. Yeah. uh, Today, it would be 100 million uh, people watching the food, a network called Food. The network draws over 46 million unique web users monthly. This Christmas, there was a very famous one on called Duck the Halls with Cake and Frosting. I'm not even kidding you. It was on there. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Uh, No one can argue. We're obsessed with it. Now all I'm saying is, can we find some obsession with God? Can we find some obsession with being alone with God? Can we find some obsession with the soul and other people? For good. If you put in food on the internet, Google it, you have 14 billion, billion hits. Put in eating food and you get over 14 billion hits. Our obsession, our obsession with food and the body has created a brand new people group called what? Foodie. Right? Foodie. That's a people group. It's a person having an avid interest in the latest food fads. Wikipedia, which we all believe, describes a foodie as a person who has an ardent or refined interest in food and who eats food not only out of hunger, but of hobby. A person keenly interested in food, especially eating and cooking food. A person who enjoys the cares about and cares about food very, very much. Different subgroups in this foodie group are gourmets and epicureans and connoisseurs and gastronomists. Delatants and savorer, gluttonous and sensualists. Hmm. You see that Psalm 16, what it says on the top of the page, on the top of the, on top of the text? It says, a miktam of David. You know what a miktam is? A miktam is gold. It's precious. There's six miktams of David in the Bible, and this is one of them. And it's... Uh, talking about goodness to the saints that are in the earth. A miktam of David. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Do we? Does your soul? Oh, my soul. Thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. No. It's a semicolon there. But to the saints that are in the earth, that's where my goodness goes. 
the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. Like I said before, God doesn't need us, and my goodness on the earth is not going to do him any good in heaven, but it certainly will do good to those on the earth. <clears throat> and I say, to, I say, if your soul loves God, your soul will love people. If your soul is happy in God, your soul will be happy with people. If, uh, if uh, uh, you're friends with God, you'll be friends with God's people. Listen, man, well, we're all different. We all have different likes and dislikes, but I, I'm not going to, we, we don't separate, we don't divide because of those likes and dislikes. We're united because uh, we are one body, one soul together, together with God. I delight in the souls. I delight in the uh, Goodness to the saints. Always looking to do something good for the saints. That's putting feet to one step closer. Pick somebody out. I'm going to bless them. Watch what happens. This lady in my church, she uh, got a terrible accident, car accident, five kids, one with, one with a, a, a special needs child, very much. And uh, she was... Uh, in the hospital, I didn't know if she was going to make it or not. She's in great pain. After a week, I went over there and saw her, and I brought her a gift. I brought a gift of uh, 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 gift cards, a box of gift cards. And I said, here, Sandy, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a note to a dozen people in the church telling them how much you appreciate them. That is medicine. And she did that. And she sure did thank me for it. Here's people in their home Perfectly healthy, getting a letter from this lady who wasn't sure she was going to make it. You know, that's how we're wired. That's how God wired us. But the world's got us all messed up. And we think more about the flesh than we do the soul. 53%, 53% of us, we be called foodies today. Hmm. I say, let's turn that, let's turn that into something good for God. So, when you eat something sweet, you say something sweet. Maybe it sounds corny to you, but to me, it's putting feet to my closer. If you, if you, if you are eating something, you can share it, share it. If you can do something good for somebody, now, I know it's talking about saints, but I say we should do good to everybody we meet, lost or saved. Some say, Something different about that guy. We'll see that in the Bible shortly. <clears throat> uh, when you are doing good to the saints, it's evidence that you have a fat soul. That you truly love God more than you love yourself. Hey, young lady, listen to the old man. Young man, you want to find somebody that you believe will love you more than themselves. That's gold. That's, a, that's gold. That's a, that's a marriage right there. And you know that because they're always doing good for others. I would never marry a selfish person if I were you because you're going to suffer for that. Are you a true Christian? That's a question. Are you a true believer in Christ? Do you delight in doing good for others? You want people to walk in this place and just say, wow, these people love each other. You can tell. You can pick that up for sure. We've been in churches like that, and now we feel that in this place. But we've been in churches where it's not so, and I couldn't wait to leave. You can tell a Christian by what they love. You can tell a Christian by what they delight in, and that is your soul. Your soul loves. Your soul delights. 
that's reflected in your flesh. As an illustration, uh, you have a man who says he's a good cook. He brings you to his house and he shows you all the fancy equipment and machines and tools he has for cooking. He walks you into the den. You see all the cookbooks in the world, food and this and that. And, but you can't find anybody that he's ever cooked for. So he says he's a good cook. But you ask this guy, you ever cook a meal? No. You ever have a bread? No. You ever have a meal? No. That's a Christian. Got all the books. Books are full of good books. <laughs> good Christian books. And I'm all about Christian. I like Christian books. I have Christian books. I read Christian books. But that's not doing good to others. That's like that cook. You got all the books. You got all the utensils. Everything's in a row. Except no one's tasted your food. You get what I'm saying? So if we were to ask you, what did you do for somebody this week where you're not going to get any in return? That is the spirit of God. Yes, we have all kinds of programs and plans and classes for everybody. Now, I'm going to give you the meat of a sermon and we'll be done. I want to give you right now a test about your church, about you and your church via the word of God. This is the uh, unadulterated, unmixed, pure, incontestable, indescribable, indisputable, beyond comprehension, the unqualified truth of the King James Bible. A truth that will define us if we'll listen. And I pray you do. It says in 1 John 3, we know that we have passed from death into life. How do we know that? Oh, because we have a class. Oh, because I sing in the choir. Oh, because I give to missions. Oh, because I took a missions trip. No. We know, just because those are cookbooks. Okay. We know that you have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, it seems like he's saying you really aren't abiding in life. Are you really saved? Oh, my. Listen, that, that, you can look for yourself. 1 John 3, 14. We know that we, here's how we know. We pass from death into life because we love the brethren. It doesn't say the ones that love us or the ones that are good to us or the ones that are popular. He that loveth not his brother. If you don't love you and if you don't love him and if she doesn't love you, you abideth in death. That is not good. I don't think. 1 John 2, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Wow. Do you abide in the light? Does, does hope abide in the light? And this, let's, let's take one step closer, hope. And this is his commandment, the commandment of God, that we should believe on the name of, the, of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave commandment. Yeah, but you don't know. No, you don't know you got a soul problem. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. How do we love? My goodness extendeth not to thee, but unto the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. I can't wait to serve you. I can't wait to be a blessing. I can't wait to give you this singer. Write this note or write this letter. Encourage somebody. No man has seen God at any time. Listen, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us 
and his love is perfected in us. That is saying, you see God Almighty. And his love is perfected in us as we love each other. That's what God says. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. By this, how? By loving. Listen, by this, not by giving, not by singing, not by, uh, not by uh, 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 joining any class in the church. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you, have one, if you have love one for another. Do you love one for another? You want to take one step closer? You want this church to grow? That's how it will grow. Better than a program. Better than a soul money. Better than passing out tracks to every house in the town. Love one another. People walk in the door and they, this place is different. And it is different. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. These things I command you, that you love one another. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, Paul, writing from prison to the Ephesians now, he hears of this love towards each other in the church of Ephesus. Listen. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. I hear you all love one another. I cease not to give thanks for you, but make mention of you in my prayers. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, he told the Thessalonians. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. For love is not, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work. Watch now. What is your work? God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name. How do I do that? How do I show love? How do I show, uh, my faith to God in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Who do you minister to? My goodness, extend not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth right now, today. One step closer today. I like it. It's hard sometimes, for sure. Some people are hard to get along with. Well, you just got to fatten up a little bit. Right? You fatten up a little bit. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth to the spirit and unfeigned love of the brethren. True love. Unfeigned. Not fake. See that you love one another with a pure heart. Fervently. Only one way to do that. To the soul. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Love for others comes from being a soul man. Soul man for God. I want to end with an analogy. <clears throat> Very simple. You know, I believe everything on the earth points to God. If we would just take a moment, I, I'm sure I've said this many times, maybe even here. Charles Spurgeon walked around with a pencil and paper in his pocket. He's one of my heroes in the faith. And uh, every, every place he went, he'd look at it and find something about God. What, what are you saying, God, to this these birds or these children playing in the field or whatever. And he, there's a book called um, uh, uh, Feathers from My Arrow. Feathers from My Arrow. It's called. Very great book. Just a little thing. But oh, it's very encouraging. And he'd just find, he'd stop and he'd look. Paper, oh, wow. Thank you, Lord, for that. Always in tune with the Lord. Well, you try to look at everything in this earth and it all points to God. 
Don't even doubt it. Anyway, my wife, I call her the soup queen because she can make a soup in the kitchen, right? I mean, she can take things out to find stuff in the kitchen just to make a fantastic soup. Cabinets, the cupboards, the freezer, thing. And I, uh, she starts, she starts a couple weeks ago, several weeks ago, she made a soup. She started making the soup. And first thing is she gets out a celery. You know a celery, right? Now, if you ever chose to be a vegetable, you wouldn't want to be a celery. It's so plain. Right? It's not very, I mean, it's just plain. Some people think that groove in the celery is for cream cheese. It's really not. That's not how he made it. He made that groove. It waters itself. That's about the celery. It's a boring, boring vegetable. It's good for you and all that. But Linda Jean, she cuts it up and puts it in a pan and then pours a little oil in there. Now, you start cooking that oil and something happens, Johnny. To the celery. And then she chops up onion and puts that. And so onion meets the celery and meets the oil. Right? And then she'll put some garlic. Now, garlic's like you got to say is the boss. Put the garlic in there. And man, I'm out of my office saying, honey, what happened in this kitchen? Right? The aroma was incredible. Well, and she makes the soup. <sighs> Onions and macaroni, rice, carrots, spice, seasoning, salt, pepper. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Meat was kind of like the boss of the soup. Beans, mushrooms, potatoes, corn, bouillon, sour cream, flour, corn, starch, thickening. Cheese, got to have cheese. It's a big shot, right? The soup. Uh, cooking time, simmering time, patience, love, care. It's, I put this bowl of soup in front of me, and I'm just grateful. That smell is amazing. And I look down at that soup, and what do I see? I see these tiny little green things called oregano. Now, no one ever ate oregano by itself. No one's going to grab a spoonful of oregano. But that oregano is swimming in that soup, spreading his love. <laughs> no soup is complete without salt, right? So you put up more salt to butter, right? If you're thirsty after a good soup, you know why. <laughs> but the salt melts. You don't even see the salt. But it's in there. Because you can smell it. And you can taste it. Wild, huh? The pepper gets the glory because he's floating in there with the, with the, with the oregano. <laughs> you see parsley in there? And uh, this little thing, you don't even know what it is. And you see the mushroom in there floating around. And you see that, you see that um, uh, celery, maybe some beans in there. And they're all doing their thing, man. For what? For taste. To please the master. That I can smell that and look at it. Taste each spoonful and say, wow, this is amazing. It happens when they all work together. Now, the oregano could rebel and get out of there, but no. He stays in there, does his business. The garlic could be walking around, prancing around, bragging about how cool it is, or the meat, but they don't. They're all in there together with the celery, with the vegetable, with the rose, with all the spices. It's a bowl of soup. I look at my church. I look at your church. What it is, really... It's a bowl of soup. <laughs> and in this soup, you got the meat, which pretty good. You need it. And you got the garlic. 
Everybody sees it and knows it. Wow, this thing's got garlic. But it also, there's salt in the soup. You can't see. Oh, but you can taste it. Someone vacuumed the carpets in here. Someone cleaned the windows. Someone uh, made this place look mint today. A little salt. Someone's salting someplace. I can't see them, but I can taste it. Do you see what I'm saying? I can smell it. Somewhere, there's an oregano doing this thing here. Maybe someone will say praying. Maybe someone's not even here today because they're hurting, doing something someplace else. But they're part of the soup. The macaroni. Some we can see and some we can't. What, what I'm saying to you is, you want to get one step closer? Do something good out of a heart of love, a soul, a fat soul, for someone in the house. Sometimes I forget. I'm so selfish. I forget. But I have my wife to remind me. Jay, did you send Brother Z? Oh, Linda, thank you. Yeah, I got to send him a note. Jay, you know so-and-so's birthday's coming up. Oh, thank you, Linda, for reminding me of that. It's my helpmate. I need that help because I'm selfish. I'm grateful for that. Why don't we uh, take one step closer and love one another? Maybe, maybe you have something with someone in this house, please. Your problem's not with the person. The problem's with you. You have a soul problem. It's very clear from the Bible. Why don't we pray about that, think about that. John, you want to pray for us?